Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Dad's Right. We are going to be joined again by my cousin Mary from California and uh, we'll check in how things are going out there. Good times, bad times. Starting off in Ontario. Well, first of all, uh, let's say hi to Mary, who's joining us again from hi, California. Mary. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it's well, our pleasure, for sure. Yeah. There's first, a lot. First, uh, second time guest. That's right. First repeat, first repeat customer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first uh, guest and first second time guest. That's right. Yeah. Well, probably. Uh, do more of the bad times when we start talking about California, but um, in Ontario, some for some good times, first of all, for five days in a row, I believe now, we've had less than 100 cases, 100 new cases per day, and uh, there was a day last week where the new cases was lower than the resolved cases, so that's always good, trending in the right direction. Just keep rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I heard there was a number of drugs going into phase three clinical trials, which is where uh, that, when you get people involved, it'll be thousands of people getting this drug, and hopefully uh, hopefully it works. Is the drug uh, hydroxychloroquine? No. <laughs> is it one that Kodak is making? Kodak? Oh, I'll tell you that story in a minute. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that, no. The... Uh, I heard there was a, uh, Pfizer has one, and and a couple other drug companies are going into clinical trials. And Dell, you got what? Got some good times there, or what? Um, no, I haven't seen. Maybe I'm just not paying enough attention. But uh, I, it's for me, it's been sort of a slow, slow news week. Maybe I'm just not paying as much attention. At least on the good times front, slow yeah. news week. Yeah, yeah. Mary. It's it, the the only the only good time in my life right now is the Leafs. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. it. Although they were also going to be the bad time, uh, and then they turned things around. That's right. So that that that's the only positive here right now. Well, I'm I'm employed. Oh, that's um, good. Uh. Every week that I remain employed is also a good a good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's not a good time because I don't really like the job all that much, but it's good to have a paycheck. Yeah. That is nice. I wouldn't know. I don't have one right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, you have a paycheck right now, don't you? Uh, well, I did, uh, but Friday was my last day at work uh, for the summer. Oh, sorry. No, that's all it's right. It's by choice. It is by choice. I didn't like my job much either. But I'm going to be resuming a job in Edmonton when I go back on the 25th. As when I go back, I probably won't start up again until September, but it'll be good to get back to doing that because I really like that job. So I guess that's a good time. There um, he he hosts uh, an escape room. Yeah, really. Yeah, I work at an escape room, and I'm one of the hosts. And uh, it's going to be really fun because we're moving and rebranding and doing all new rooms. So I have to relearn everything, um, and then also be involved in the uh, sort of like the perfection and building of the rooms. Like they're all planned out already, but we're going to do some test runs and you know work out the finer details, and we're all consulted on that. So that'll be a lot of fun, and it pays really well. It's seventeen dollars an hour with. Um, most of school being moved to the winter, I'm going to be able to pick up a few more shifts, so it'll be nice to have a little bit of pocket cash. 
Nice. So you'll be good. You'll be having some in-person classes over the winter. Uh, well, we're hoping to do all uh, in-person classes in the winter if things go the right way. Wow. At least that's the current plan because. Well, you know, because my program's slightly different than most programs. It's just the 11 of us plus the professor in every single class. So it's very minimal contact. And uh, if we stay mostly in the same room, then we're not, you know, spreading around and moving about too much. Um, so they're hoping to get everything that we're supposed to do between, uh, like, they're going to move most of the stuff from the fall into the winter, and then they're extending the winter a month. So winter semester will be January through May. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I mean, great. I would say it's great as as long as Alberta continues to go in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And this, I mean, in the coming semester, like September to December, it's just online, right? Yeah, we have two classes that are online. There might be a workshop that ends up being in person for two or three weeks in late October, early November. But uh, right now, the only for sure thing is some two online classes, and the rest is just going to be nothing. So let's. So to work. how do you? Yeah. How do you get out there um, later in August? You fly? Yeah, I'm flying. We booked the flight today. All right. Good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> I debated driving, um, but ultimately it's just, you know, it's almost, it's probably more money to drive and then time. And then Gene didn't want me to have to drive back by myself. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I've already flown twice, three times since the pandemic started, and I've been fine each time. You know, you just take the proper precautions and... uh you know, it's, I mean, I don't want to say like, it's allowed, so it must be fine, but it's not as dangerous as other things. And, you know, I wear mask and gloves and I wipe down everything I touch and sanitize all the time and, and, and uh, it's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, on to some bad times. This might be a longer segment. <laughs> First off, we uh, uh, did you watch that um, well, a- Axios or Axiom interview with uh, or Jonathan Swan interviewed Trump? I have not watched footage of Trump for a very long time. That's I don't watch good any for the of his press health. conferences. I don't watch any interviews. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't need to watch any of it. Especially for you, because you know we can watch it and laugh at it and be like, "Ah, oh, sucks for them down there," but it, it like affects you in many, you many more the, ways. You are than, them down there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not it's not funny. It's not funny. So I, I can't get any enjoyment out of it that way. Yeah. Well, he he reiterated his uh, wishing well of Jelaine Maxwell. Um, oh, <laughs> just uh, I don't I don't get that one. He's he wants to send people to ten years in jail for touching a federal building, but Jelaine Maxwell he wishes well. He was like, oh, her boyfriend died in jail, so you know I'd wish anyone well who was going. Uh, it doesn't matter who they are. <laughs> He's like, I barely know her, but I wish her well. And uh, yeah, disaster. I don't ha- I don't see how anyone could think that that's a good PR call. And uh uh I guess might as well jump into the the uh elephant in the room or the 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 virus in the room. The uh uh August 8th in the US there was 64,000 new coronavirus cases and 1300 deaths. I mean, when we talked last, it was starting to get a bit under control it seemed and since then Things have uh, kind of gone south in a hurry. Yep, yep. It went completely partisan, as you know. Um, we've got the um, crazy Confederate flag waving, you know, anti-mask crowd here. 
um, even in California, especially Southern California, but um, but but definitely there are, there is a small vocal contingent up here too. Uh, Sonoma County, where I live, votes over ninety percent uh, Democrat, but we the the there is a small vocal minority, and um, unfortunately, I mean even even yesterday here in Northern California, or was it Friday? There was a Trump rally in Nevada, which is um, the northernmost city in Marin County, which is an incredibly liberal place. So that just goes to show you they're out there and they're loud and they're having a negative influence, unfortunately, on people around them. Yeah. So, yeah, I've just I, I remain in my bubble working from home. I don't don't really see anybody, but I, uh, I tend to just go for drives on the weekend and stuff and stay in my car bubble. Right. So. Yeah, so I mean, I am personally unaffected by illness, and of course, I'm not on the front line, so I'm I'm fortunate. But uh, it's pretty bad. I mean, the the um, it feels like we've been in this four year nightmare that just got worse and worse and worse until it spiraled completely out of control. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels. It like. does feel like it's been more than <clears throat> the five or six months that it has been. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's interesting because yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I point to Florida and I lay a lot of blame on Ron DeSantis for being a terrible governor and um, handling it so poorly. But uh, and then I, you know, I kind of roll my eyes and say, oh, Republicans. But California is under Gavin Newsom. And last time you were on, we were singing his praises. Um, but it still kind of fell into a mess. And uh, what what happened? I mean, well, California is known to, you know, that people, what people always say about California is that it's an ungovernable state, an ungovernable state. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's really, you know, it's huge, right? I mean, it's the same size as Canada population wise, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a massive piece of land and it's very divided north-south and it's very divided in terms of the coast tends the coastal towns tend to be more liberal but really that's only in the central part of the state um the central valley is all about agriculture and can be very conservative and then of course we've got um you know the california economy depends completely on um latino and latinx labor and so, you know, and that's a really vulnerable population that's out working in the fields in the Central Valley and packed into, you know, small housing, big groups and small housing and having to travel together to work. And it's just hit hit the Central Valley really, really hard in the last um, month or two, couple of months. Right. Well, that's where kind of where Ontario's struggling as well right now in Windsor-Essex, which is our worst region. Uh, they're saying it's because of the migrant workers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, which is one of the biggest, one of the most disadvantaged communities anywhere where migrant workers exist. So that, I mean, that makes sense. Is, is, yeah. the, is the issue, I mean, it's partly, are they, are they not given the, the proper PPE when they're working or? Oh, hell no. No, oh they're God, just, no. they're just forced to get out there and work. They have no choice. Yeah, they have absolutely no choice. And then, of course, you know, one of the things is that you, you move with the with the crops so so as the crops change the gr- groups of workers have to move to different parts of the state or even the country in order to continue working and so there's a lot of movement there's a lot of people in small spaces and then no PPE and certainly not a lot of concern on the part of employers i don't think yeah 
But then, you know, even in our hospitals, <clears throat> I was hearing um, a nurse who is works out of Oakland, I think, who was on the radio yesterday. And, you know, they still don't have anywhere near the PPE that they need in the hospitals. So I don't understand quite how California, as such a technologically advanced state, has fallen down completely in terms of providing the necessary equipment and coming up with, um, you know, California should be right at the, the, the front of the line when it, in terms of coming up with apps and, and other technological advances that could help track the virus, and they just haven't. Yeah. So... So yeah, I'm no longer singing Gavin Newsom's praises. I mean, I I feel for him. I know that when people, when the conservative element started clamoring to open the economy, that he was being blasted, uh, you know, from all sides. I'm not sure what other choice he could have made at that time, but clearly, in hindsight, it was not the right thing to do. Yeah. So it is. So you do think it's like sort of a failing on Gavin Newsom's part? I do think it is. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, you know, just in terms of his personality at his daily press conferences, which I mostly listen to, uh, he's he's definitely on the defensive. I don't, he's not the type of guy who would admit to a lot of personal failings. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really heard that come out of his mouth. But yeah, no, I think the, the blush is off the rose there. And Andrew Cuomo also, I feel like, haven't heard much from him. Last time you were on, everyone was admiring how Andrew Cuomo was leading the charge against coronavirus, and I feel like I haven't heard about him in a while. And I think that's entirely because New York is in great shape. Yeah. So He they, did it. They conquered. Mm. They are restricting other people from the rest of the country from coming into New York as much as they can. They beat it, essentially, so we just have to hope that New York doesn't suffer from sort of the failings of the rest of the country and have a second surge. Yeah, that's something. I mean, there's a lot of people in New York in a small area, so if they can do it, at least it it's uh, sort of hopeful that that the rest of the country can. Yeah, and maybe also they had to do it, right? It, it was going to be a complete and utter disaster. I mean, it was. It was anyway, a disaster. But, yeah. Yeah, but uh, they had no choice, really. I mean, I think the problem in places like Texas is that um, you know the big cities like Houston want to shut down and they're starting to level out now but they had a really bad month or two the uh the larger part of the state you know and the republican governor just no absolutely refused right refused to even have a mask mandate yeah it really seems to have gone from new york's a mess and now new york's fine and california and florida are big messes yeah i don't think california is quite as bad as florida in some ways but florida has has also that incredibly a vulnerable elderly population. Yeah. So they have a they are, their population is is vulnerable in a little bit of a different way. Florida, I don't know. I think Florida is going to continue to have issues right up through the fall. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, their governor is doing nothing. It's not even like he's doing a minimal amount or tried to do something and backed away or anything like that. Ron DeSantis hasn't done anything since the beginning. No, and for, fortunately though, Trump <laughs> our hero made the decision not to have uh, that convention in Jacksonville, which, thank God. I mean, it would have been a public relations nightmare, which is why they canceled it, but it's canceled. That's that's what matters. That's the main thing. And the other thing that always, always throws me for a loop is the, the hypocrisy of the anti-maskers. Like, it's our freedom not to wear a mask, and we get to shop in your store, but it's the store owner's freedom to say, you need to wear a mask to shop in my store. So you don't yeah. have to wear a mask, but don't come in. 
Yeah. And yeah. and it's just I don't understand how you can be so so up on like, you know, it's it's free it's all about freedom, but just freedom to do what you want, like you don't you, there's just a major disconnect there. There is a major disconnect and I even, you know, I even know a few of those people loosely in my group of acquaintances here and and um it's very hard to understand. I mean, I, I can't but of course, I don't understand any of it. I don't understand any of the conspiracy theories. It's just I think when your brain is wired a different way, then it's just impossible <laughs> to understand what is wrong with these people. Yeah, really, it truly is. Yeah. Well, moving on a little bit, I was, again on that interview, Trump brought up you know how uh, Antifa is a is a big issue and uh, a big problem group, and I just I mean maybe from being down there you can have a shed a bit more light because my understanding sort of is it just means anti-fascist which i think is a good thing and uh and is it is it and i for just from talking to dylan it's not even really a an organized group or anything it's just a, a loose association a, of people that don't like fascism yeah not even that i mean it's, it's not even a an association it's really just a, lo- a loose sort of ideology it, like it would be like calling someone liberal you know it's just a loose ideology it's no no organization and what's interesting is nobody down here is talking about that right now there's no it's just not happening it's it's one of those things that got into trump's head early on and he's he rails against it but antifa's not I mean, not anywhere in the news or, you know, they're they're not really presenting at rallies. They're, you know, at protests or anything. They're just, they're not there as any kind of organized group anyway. I mean, I heard, was hearing more about them a year or two ago than I am right now. So I think he's the only one who's... He's who's the only one talking on about it. Trying yeah. to, he's got to have someone to blame. I will say he's not the only one talking about it because when he came out and he said that he was going to label Antifa a terrorist organization... A few days later, taking his cue, Derek Sloan, who is running to be the conservative leader in Canada, and uh, he is currently polling in fourth place out of four. Three days after Trump said he's going to declare Antifa a terrorist organization, Derek Sloan said, when I'm prime minister, I'm going to declare Antifa a terrorist organization. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know how it works in Canada, but here you can, there is no such thing. You can't declare a domestic group if it was a group which it's not which it's not yeah um, if it if it were you 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 can't declare a domestic group uh, a terrorist organization so i'm not sure what the rules around that are in canada i think i think i think you can because i think the rcmp has labeled a few white nationalist groups as terrorist organizations but anyway i i do think that you know that kind of original thinking is why Derek sloan's in fourth place (laughs) where is he from uh ontario Oh. Yeah. It's... Nobody we know, right, James? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> the other thing that I just I wanted to get your sort of feedback on and how it's being covered down there is uh, everything that's going on in, in Portland uh, with the uh, secret police rounding people up and uh, no no names or badge numbers or anything on them. And it doesn't seem that they're reading rights or stating charges or anything along that line, at least from the news that we're getting. 
Yeah, that was horrific. Um, it seems to have calmed down a little bit in the last week. Um, I'm not sure what they're they're doing, whether they're still there or whether they've they've um, stepped back or what's going on. Somebody tried to light another police station on fire last night, I think. Uh, if you've ever been to Portland, this is not unusual for Portland. And people certainly in Oregon and uh, on the West Coast, but I think across the country, were just totally horrified. This is the kind of thing that brings the right and the left together. You know how the political spectrum works. You know, if you go too far to the right, you get to the left. And if you go too far to the left, you get to the right. And this is one of those things where people on the far left and the far right, and even towards the middle, absolutely agree, right? That nobody wants federal officers on the street snatching people up. It's just absolutely abhorrent to the vast majority of the population so i think there was a um a lot of agreement there like even the do you remember the um uh the bundy family who i think they're usually in nevada uh trying to protect their grazing rights but they went to oregon a couple of years ago and they they, they took over a um a piece of federal land and then they had ended up having a shootout with federal officers anyway they're they're a very right-wing crew they wanted to go to Portland in order to protest against this, you know, invasion of federal federal officers. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the right wing doesn't want much government at all, so they wouldn't like it right. from that perspective. And the left wing, just on a human perspective, and so everybody agrees it was wrong, except for Trump, who said they were doing a great job. Yeah, no, that was a moment where, you know, there are moments where they he goes too far and, and both sides uh, rise up. <laughs> where he goes extra too far in both sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a kind of hush all over the world. Tonight, all over the world, you can hear the sounds. <laughs> okay, all over the world, it's been great great week in the world too yeah oh yeah start off with the explosion in in beirut that's tragic absolutely tragic and so preventable yeah yeah i mean i i don't even think we have all the details yet but from what we have heard it was just like i mean negligence really and and the kind that you might might not have even thought of like i bet you the people who who were involved like it just never occurred to them that what they were doing could cause this level of just mass destruction it's they know what ammonium nitrate is the people that were in charge of storing it yeah did you know did you know that that was the second largest explosion in history after well third after the two atomic bombs wow i did not know that no i hadn't heard that's That's crazy and you know what to distract a little bit it was the 75th anniversary of when the atomic bomb was dropped on hiroshima just a few days ago Mm-hmm. And did, yep. did is it factual that there was a fireworks factory next to the storage? I'm not sure. I've only heard about the ammonium nitrate. I wasn't. I did hear the very first day, like like within hours after the explosion, there was some talk of fireworks. But I'm not sure if that was true or not. Yeah, I, I just when, you, when I heard that the other day, and I, I just don't. That was from my nephew, so I don't know if how much they fact checked it, but it feels like. It feels like if there was a fireworks factory next to this, but like it's just almost cartoonish at that point, you know? Like, so what's next to that? A TNT, like Looney Tunes or something? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. 
Now, I heard someone saying yesterday, a, a resident of Beirut, that it basically, he was trying to sort of give people um, a, a sort of an idea of the magnitude that, that it essentially destroyed half the city. Yeah. it. Uh, I saw a map the other day of like the blast site uh, overlaid on top of Toronto. So if it had happened in Toronto and the damage, you know, went all the way up to York, the York region. North wow. York, which is, yeah. yeah, which is the vast majority of the city. And Etobicoke, over to Etobicoke. Like it was a yeah, big, big area. Big area. Yeah. And, See, you've and, never been to Lebanon, have you, James? No, I haven't. But the other thing I did hear was there are stores of this ammonium nitrate, though, all over the world. It, I mean, it's used in fertilizer. People use it all the time. Yeah, but yeah. there are stores of this all over the place. Where? <laughs> I want to know where. Yeah. Well, hopefully this stored better. Probably lots in Alberta. Yeah. You know, um, in Texas, but during the middle of the last century, there was an explosion. I think it was something like 347 pounds. Like, like it just a uh, compared to what was in Beirut, a very small amount, and and killed uh, many people. This was, I think, it was in the late 40s. That you know, it was being stored in Texas, some part of Texas, for fertilizer. And yeah, so it's. I mean, it's, it's certainly known to be an issue. Yeah, it sounds like they just sort of forgot that it was there or something in in Beirut, yeah. and just didn't uh, keep track of make didn't make sure it was stored properly over over the long yeah. long haul and yeah. tragic results. This is something that that's going to take them forever to recover from. I mean, it would be hard enough for a stable, democratic, less corrupt country to recover from, but you know, Lebanon, it's going to take them ages. And I, uh, I mean, you know, we need to keep searching and and put together like you know how many people have we lost how many people can we save but you know i think we we also need to get to who is responsible exactly somebody needs to be in jail for for this sort of like ridiculous negligence that has caused such a horrible horrible disaster and i haven't heard anything about who it was like whose fault it is really i think for the for the lebanese it's 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 essentially all politicians. I mean, I'm not sure they can even tease it out, you know, that the, the politics are so corrupt. And unfortunately, they don't, you know, they can't trust anybody. Yeah. Um, so what I, what I worry about is that countries like Saudi Arabia will kind of swoop in to, quote, help. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what the path forward is. I saw a... Now, this is, I mean, again, I have no verified source or anything like this, but I saw a tweet from somebody who was claiming to be Lebanese and they said that if you're going to donate money, donate it to the Red Cross, because if it goes to any sort of charity, it's going to go to the government, and it's going to end up in government pockets. Right. And it's not going to go to helping the people at all. So, yeah, I mean, I think they have an extraordinarily corrupt government. And I, I worry for the people of Lebanon because, you know, the government, how quickly are they really going to act to, to help the people? Or are they just going to do what they need to do to help themselves and let people suffer? It's It's... I was very concerning. In terms of the rest of the world, what are you hearing? Uh, are you hearing anything from your friends in India about how things are going there, Jay? Well, it's uh, it's not great. It's but the COVID cases spiking in India. The COVID cases are spiking in India, and you know they aren't. They don't have the t- same testing regiment that they do in the states. As much as that's sort of one of Donald's Trump. One of Trump's talking points in this case, he is right. There is a, definitely a, a problem with testing there. And there's also just so many people that aren't going to go get tested. They're just going to stay right. home. 
I don't know how it's ever going to get cleaned up there. I, I don't until there's a a vaccine where they go through the streets and just give it to everybody. I don't right. I don't know how it's it's going to get better there. It might get better in the in the nicer areas, the hotels and the you know the the offices where there's money. There's lots of money there, but in the poorer areas, I I. I don't know how it's going to get better. I, I'm sure their case numbers are wrong because I'm sure tons of people are just staying home sick and hoping they get over it. You, you say that you think they're right. low. Their case numbers are low. Yeah. 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 I have no doubt. And then I, yeah, I've no, I knew uh, a couple of people that now uh, have tested positive and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, everything turns out okay. I know one one person that that has passed away from it, and that they had some other underlying conditions, diabetes and jaundice. But but that's the other problem in India is there are lots of other underlying conditions. Right. You know, I was listening to a discussion about the 1918 pandemic, and it it was it was interesting what the impact of that was on Gandhi because apparently he got he got the flu. And prior to that, he had been helping the British to recruit for the war effort, the First World War effort in India. And then he got really sick with the flu and went, you know, did a lot of um, thinking and writing and, you know, and kind of came out on the other side of that illness with this with this sort of changed mentality and, and um, you know, this commitment to nonviolent protest, etc., I thought that was interesting. That is. I mean, I'm sure there was a, a long rebuilding after that pandemic in India too. I'm sure, no doubt. many many lives. So we'll see what happens. These are these are um, these are society changing events, right? Yeah, absolutely. Big changes happen. Big big shifts happen. So hopefully that will happen here in the U.S. Yeah. And speaking of India, there was a, a plane crash in India. Saw that. Yeah. The uh, and apparently, I've heard a, a couple things. This uh, this run this runway, people have like their their runway. I don't know. People that control runways, I guess, report on runways. Has said there's a buildup on of rubber on this runway, and when there's a buildup of rubber rubber and it's raining, it makes it a lot harder for the planes to stop. And also, we saw we Dylan and I saw a. Uh, like a computer recreation of the event. And this runway is built on a hill. There's hills on every single side. So if you overshoot it, you go down this massive embankment. It's like, (laughs) that just seems designed. But who thought, why would you do that? Yeah, it's on awful. It's on this like massive plateau that's like just the airstrip and drops off, drop offs on either side. It's a terrible, yeah. terrible design. Because I, I remember in Toronto that Air France plane uh, ended up going off the runway at the end. Yep. But it's grass. It's flat. It, it, nobody was injured. Everybody got off the plane. Maybe a little bit of whiplash here and there, but nobody was killed. I shouldn't say nobody yep. was injured, but nobody was killed. But when you have when you're going down this big steep embankment, if you if you shoot overshoot the runway, and and you know, and the plane, it's obviously steep enough that the plane breaks in half. That it just seems like why would you put a airstrip there? Yeah, and the irony that it was a COVID repatriation flight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it's horrible. So much sadder. Oh, dear. And then uh, just moving on from COVID for a minute, there is a glacier in Italy that's at risk of collapse. I did see that. 500,000 cubic meters of ice is about to break off due to the rise in temperature in the region. Uh, apparently the rate of melting has been increasing since 2013. So they've they've evacuated the people underneath. Nobody's allowed to go up on it anymore because they expect all this ice to fall off any moment. So, you know, for for those that don't think the... <laughs> don't believe in global warming. And this is like 
I don't mean to make a pun, but this is a tip of the iceberg when it comes to global warming uh, and, and the climate crisis. Like, events like this are going to become more and more common, and I think they're spread out enough right now that people are able to dismiss them as like, uh, oh, well, it's just a one-off, but, you know, I don't see the effects of climate change. Well, it started, the first really bad effects of the climate crisis started in the quote-unquote third world, but it's moving now to the uh, developed Western world, and this is a perfect example of how the climate crisis is affecting affecting what we would think of as a quote-unquote developed nation and it's going to keep happening it's going to keep you know here there crop up more and more often and it's going to happen in canada and it's going to happen in the u.s probably see it on the coasts first but it'll make its way inland and i mean if we don't jump on this asap then we're going to have a serious problem i know that COVID's the big concern right now. Uh, and then after that, everyone's talking about, you know, recession. But after that, there's going to be an ecological collapse. And that will be worse than anything else that might happen because, uh, I mean, the death tolls will be catastrophic. And we're going to have to keep moving around people to avoid these kinds of disasters. Well, you better hope Uncle Joe wins in November because otherwise you're going to get another four years of complete inaction on the part of the U.S. government. Yeah. Or, you know, even worse, of course, is rolling back of environmental regulations, which Trump has been doing as quickly as he can. Yeah. So, I think yeah. I, I actually feel very good about Joe Biden's chances, though. Oh, yeah. The, 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 that university professor who has gotten every pick right for the last, I don't know, X number of decades, has, uh, including picking Trump last time, has uh, said that it, it will be Biden. But, you know. Yeah. We said that last time, right? Yeah. I, I'm so scarred by, um, you know, having convinced, tried to convince everyone around me that Trump couldn't win last time. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, yeah. I keep looking at the, uh, I, I watch a channel on YouTube that covers the American election. I think what, what I've learned from last time to this time uh, is what I never looked at last time was the state polling. I just looked at the national polling. And I mean, the national polling wasn't that far off, and neither was the state polling, but in the, all the close states that really mattered, being Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, they were off by just enough for Trump to eke ahead. I mean, I think Hillary lost in Michigan by 0.23% of the vote or something like that. But Biden is ahead in, like, comfortably ahead in so many of these states that he has a lot of room to lose in popularity and still win. I mean, he's winning in Arizona, and he's winning in Florida, and he's ahead in Iowa, and he's ahead in Ohio, and he's well ahead in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And if he wins every other state that Hillary won, which is looking likely, and then Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, then he wins. And then he has other, like, cushion states that he's carrying right now, according to the state-level polls, that put him ahead and the set and it's also looking good on the senate races i mean i think in 2000 and i think this year we're going to look at what we had in 2008 which is the democrats controlling all three of the branches of government no no all three of the branches of congress i think that the best thing that that joe biden could do is remain as quiet as possible between now and november i i hope that he doesn't and i'm sure he won't fall for you know trump wanting more debates etc oh yeah absolutely um, you got to get, you got to, you just want to not have, give Trump a stage at any point mm. if possible. That's what I was just about to say. We haven't really, we haven't had any debates yet. So I'm still leery of these, of the polls and the numbers. I just, I don't know. Plus the other thing is uh, you listen to Trump 
There was that interview with Chris Wallace where he says he, he doesn't know if he'll accept the results of the election. Because of the mail-in, you might not know for months or years the results of the election. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's going to leave. Well, fortunately, I think that his once he actually loses, I think that all of those people around him will fall away. The ones that he's been employing, you yeah. know, for the last four years, they'll all fall away. I mean, they because there won't be anything left in it for them. Yeah, um, he'll be the loser, right? So I think I think he will have no protection, and he'll just get carried out of there somehow. Yeah, because it's not a battle Hopefully. he can win. The courts will get involved. The house will get involved. Like. I mean, I think even the Senate would turn on him if he refused to leave the White House. It's Well, unless he's calling the vote in question or whatever, right? Like, it's not a whatever yeah, reason. but like, as long as they're not... as Like, mail-in voting is not breaking the law. So unless he can prove in a court of law, which is not something he's really had to do yet for all the ridiculousness that he's spouted, but unless he can prove in a court of law that, like, votes are faked and that the election was rigged then uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and recall that it was this, it's the Supreme Court that decides, right? So, I mean, it was the Supreme Court that awarded the presidency to, to George W. Bush over Al Gore, mistakenly, but they did. And as we know, the John Roberts Supreme Court of the last six months, four or six months, has been pretty, uh, pretty good for the progressive wing, right? Like, we, John Roberts has actually voted with the liberal justices yeah. um, on the last... X number of, of uh, important cases. So I, I have no, I have faith that the Supreme Court would, would remove him. Okay, TNT, Trudeau and Trump. We'll start off with Trudeau as we normally do because uh, tends to be a shorter conversation. Yeah, what happened to the Wee scandal? The Wee scandal, yes. Who Where knows? did that go? Nobody knows. It was so big, and then we, there was, he testified before the ethics committee. Or the finance committee, I don't know, one of our many, many committees. And then there was news coverage about that testimony the next day. And then now I haven't heard of it in ages. Do you, did you hear much about it down there, Mary? Well, n- not not except that I watch the national occasionally or bits of it. Hmm. There wasn't really any coverage down here. Yeah, it's a um, kind of a non. It, it wasn't big enough to hit hit the news news in the U.S. Well, it many- is a, it, even the Canadian news seemed a little confused about. Uh, how much of a scandal it was. I mean, so the, the scandal part was that, that Margaret and other family members got paid to, to for speaking engagements and things. Was That's that right. the crux yeah, of the scandal? Basically, he was, it was said it was a conflict of interest. He should have recused himself from the vote when it came to picking the, picking the charity that was going to handle this money because he is personally, well, his family is personally involved with the charity. Yeah, right. that and was the scandal it, part. Is it true that the charity, the, the, that it was the best position for this? Is that true or no? That's up for debate. Yeah. Ah. If you believe Trudeau, you know, it wasn't his idea. What he said was that they came to him, the, the people he put in charge of figuring this out, they came to him and they're like, listen, we can't do this without the help of this charity. And he said, oh, well, you know, I'm tied to this charity, so go double check. And then they were like, oh, you know, this is the only one. Then he was like, oh, okay, well, then we'll vote on it. <laughs> That's his story. He was like, oh, I pushed back because I knew I was tied to it. And then the conservatives were like, well, if you knew you were tied to it, why didn't you just recuse yourself? And he was like, well, you know. I'm not that but, tied. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I mean, he should have recused himself. I think, I think, uh, I mean, maybe internationally, I think he's well, much more uh, well respected and seen in a better light. 
maybe that's old and he isn't anymore, but nationally, I think we all at this point know that Trudeau's a bit of a dunce. This is his third infraction of the Ethics Act in five years. You know, so that's not a great track record. But I think that he should have accused himself. It's not criminal, which is what the conservatives have been saying. They want a criminal investigation. And I think that the conservatives have been blowing the entire thing up because the liberals were so far ahead of them in the polls um, because of their COVID response that they want to start to take bites out of the liberal lead and turned it into a much, much bigger thing through many, like a multi-pronged attack on social media and in the news and in the House to uh, try to take the government down a peg. And I mean, they succeeded, but I, I think it's nowhere near as big a deal as people are making it out to be. The other thing that the liberals said was, you know, they were it's a rapidly changing situation and they were trying to make quick decisions so people didn't have to wait for their money, which is, is still, it's a, it's a logical argument, but it, it doesn't really give a reason why Trudeau just didn't say, you guys vote, I'll wait in the other room. There's no issue if he does that. No issue if he does that. Yeah, no, it's not. No, there's no issue, but you know, maybe you could say that he was a bit distracted and wasn't thinking clearly because he's probably under a lot of stress. Well, you, you know, I mean, I'm going to toot my own horn here for a minute and say that I've been telling everyone since day one that he's not very bright. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I recall that we may have talked about that on our last I think conversation we did. here I think in we did. probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't think he is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, he's not getting a whole lot of attention anywhere else in the world right now, I don't think, but everybody's kind of hunkered down with their yeah. own problems. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard our our podcast where we had heather mcpherson on who's a as an uh, M- mp from edmonton strathcona we we gave her choices uh at the end and we said pierre or justin and she picked pierre not surprisingly uh, yeah i mean he could be a jerk but he certainly had the brains to back it up absolutely has trudeau gotten his haircut yet uh, I, don't know. I don't think so no i think he's still got the COVID hair going i did cut my hair yeah it was you get, did your, yeah. yourself or? i had yeah it was getting just too long. It's just too long. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because back to Trudeau being an idiot. He's an idiot. And it's interesting because our deputy prime minister, Christia Freeland, my overall impression of her is that she's sharp as a tack. I've said to multiple people, and I've heard this a lot as well, I'm not the only one, that if she were in charge of the Liberal Party, if she were the Liberal prime minister, the Liberals would have a lot more backing right now. And I mean, I'd, I'd very much consider voting Liberal if things were as they are right now, except... Christia Freeland was in charge of the Liberal Party instead of Justin Trudeau, because she's she's good. Oh, Dylan, I don't know. You don't know. Well, I mean, I'm not it's not I have no issue with her. I just to hear you say you might vote liberal is it's it's just a tiny bit painful. <laughs> well, I think she's part of the lefter part of the Liberal Party, and I don't like Jagmeet Singh. I don't like him. I know. I think he'd be a bad prime minister, and I'm obviously not gonna vote conservative. And uh, unless I'm voting in Vancouver, I worry about voting green if there's a chance of a conservative getting in on my seat, because I strongly believe in a lot of what the Green Party has to say, and I believe that the climate crisis should be on top of the agenda even right now. But because of that belief, I think the Conservative Party is the worst party to handle that, and that sending a liberal, an NDP, uh, a liberal or an NDP is to Parliament is better than sending a conservative in terms of the environment and keeping it uh, safe. Movie. Well, I can't, I can't argue with you. Although I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, it's unlikely. I don't, I don't think I'll be voting liberal anytime soon. This, all right. This next one isn't uh, isn't Trudeau per se, other than a, a lack of 
any sort of response from Trudeau that I've heard so far, but apparently Saudi Arabia sent a hit squad to Canada to assassinate uh, an ex-top spy from Saudi Arabia. When they were trying to cross the border, some border agents caught them, got suspicious because they said they didn't know each other and turned them back. And then there really has been no response uh, from Ottawa on this, other than a general statement saying, we don't. We won't let other countries come here and no kill spots. Canadian citizens. But this this feels like something that needs maybe a bit more action on his part. This this guy running Saudi Arabia seems a maybe off his rocker a little bit. But do we know for sure that it was a hit squad? Like, has that been one hundred percent confirmed? Because my understanding is that's not one hundred percent confirmed. And if the government came out and was like, "Hey, don't send hit squads, you jerk." And then they didn't send a hit squad, and the government would be like, oh, sorry. I, I, I mean, I don't think they they put it on their customs form that that's what they were coming over for, but I'm pretty sure it's that's what they were coming over for. So they were coming over uh, through, a, through a land crossing from the U.S.? Or no, no, they, air? they tried to fly into Toronto. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, are they still here wandering around? <laughs> no, they, they, they said uh, the guy... I can't remember. I forgot to write down his name, but the guy in question that he he feels he's the target of these hits, he said he thinks they're going to try to go through a land crossing now. He said they'll probably fly into the States and try to get me by land. I have too many secrets about the the head of... I can't remember the prince's name either. I should have wrote it down too. But uh, he has too many secrets and embarrassing information about him. And he's going to... He thinks that they'll... He he gets his way. He's he's what did they call him? Uh, uh, spoiled. Spoiled. Yes. And childish. Uh, I mean, I would have to say though that this is for him, for the guy who has the hit out on him. This is probably the best time for them to try to sneak in through the border because the border's pretty closed right now. They're not letting many people in. No. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Yeah. It would be pretty hard for. The, are you coming across for business? Yes. <laughs> hit business. It's, That's not a Saudi Arabian accent. I don't know what they are. So it's more Russian. <laughs> But, <laughs> it sounded like it sounded like more like something from Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, the guy, they could say that they're going to Alaska, but I don't think we have any Alaska crossings in Ontario. No, it would be a long crossing. Yeah, you know, people Americans have been warned uh, just the last couple of weeks not to be trying to make up stories that they're going from the mainland up to Alaska. And then what they're really doing is like going to Banff and Lake Louise and hanging out in Canada. I guess they're using this excuse that they're traveling to Alaska in order to get in and visit parks and stuff. Yes. So now they have to, any American saying that they're traveling to Alaska through Canada has to have a an itinerary and they can they have to say exactly how many days it will take them and et cetera. And they get, they're given like a identification sticker yeah. that they have to hang in their car. Yeah. Uh, and, That's uh, an invitation to slash tires. Yeah. The uh, premier of BC, when people were saying like that there are Americans in BC, and they're also just people who live in BC who have American plates for some reason, they were complaining that like people with American plates are getting harassed. And the premier of BC, and he's one of my favorite premiers, but I thought this was a very tone-deaf answer. He said, well, if they're worried, then uh, take the bus. Don't drive your car. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's not much of a response to people getting harassed. People are being real vigilantes out there. I was reading about Albertans, too, who, you know, for whatever reason, had to go to B.C. for a family matter or, you know, whatever. And um, people are out there on the streets looking for 
out of province license plates and and harassing them. There yeah, isn't a provincial. Cars. There isn't a provincial ban though. You can travel from province to province. Some province. Oh yeah, you, you can. can go to the these are just these, these are just citizens out there trying to. Uh, you know, they're just upset that oh. there are. Um, they're bored. They don't have jobs in their space. Yeah. yeah. And then a good a good transition from Trudeau to Trump because it involves both. Trump just put a ten percent tariff on Canadian aluminum because it's a that. it's a threat to national security apparently, and Canada will be a responding with a dollar per dollar tariff on a long and extensive list of aluminum containing products. So I. <laughs> Not sure this is the best time to start a trade war, but it seems that's the road that we're going down. He probably just yep. wanted to distract. It's a distraction. There, are, all of these things are distractions. Yep. I mean, it's a bad idea. It's but bad distract who? I, I just divert attention, I guess, away from like Americans. But is this news in America? Um. Again, I can't remember whether I saw it on the national or not. Mm. But it's not big news in America. It is not. No. I just don't know who it's distracting. It just seems like out of the like, why are you doing this? It's very bizarre. It is bizarre, you know. So his latest thing, I don't know whether you saw a lot of the headlines the last twenty four hours that he is uh, has decided since Congress and the Senate couldn't couldn't get it together for a second stimulus package that he was going to do his own via uh, executive, executive orders. Order. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. But what it really is is sort of a grand, sort of the first. Uh, move in his grand scheme to defund Social Security, <laughs> uh, which is what the payroll tax funds. So right. he he he's just um, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's funny though because of course the head the the this the one line you know the big headline is Trump you know will give unemployed Americans four hundred dollars um, a week right because the $600 extra a week that they were getting lapsed. Right. But of course that's not what the that's not what the plan is at all. The, it relies on the states to actually um, administer the program and to come up with part of the money, etc. So it's not it's not going to fly. It's completely impossible. But the headline is Trump order gives people $400 a week. And so. that's is that a Fox headline or a CNN headline? No, I mean that. The, I mean that that is the headline that was essentially everywhere yesterday. Wow. You just you, you had to you had to go a little further to understand that that's not really going to happen. That's um, but for people like just about everyone I know who who is who are furloughed and unemployed. Not that they believe that Trump is doing them any favors, but people are really desperate right now for that extra money. And, um, you know, there are people somewhere in this country who will think that Trump has done them a big favor. Oh, for sure. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think it'll be enough, though, fortunately. I hope not. The uh, Although it screws up the name of our segment, if it's not, if it's Tr- Trudeau and Biden, that's T and B, that's... It's no good. You think you're gonna you think you're gonna continue on after Dylan goes back to Alberta? That's the plan. He's gonna call oh, in. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Right. We enjoy it. We're having yeah. fun. There's always a crisis. There's always something. <laughs> always something. And and to the you know our our massive audience, I'm sure they'd miss us if we shut it down. Yeah, we can't disappoint yeah. our raving fans. <laughs> <laughs> on that. Oh, speaking of, uh, well, am I allowed to ask a personal question? Yeah. It, it, will will Madeline be um, attending any classes in the fall, or is that all off for now? Online. She's not. She's, Online. Yeah, we just canceled the residence, and she is staying home. She's going to Guelph. I don't know if you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. So uh, it's uh, it's all online. We just we just recently were able to upgrade our internet, which is nice. 
and now she's going to be staying home and taking everything online. Okay. So the Access interview with Jonathan Swan, um, you know, their their motto, uh, Axios motto was journalism matters, technology matters, science matters, business matters, culture matters, media matters, politics matters. Trump should have known mm-hmm. not to do the interview. That's uh, That but, really yeah. rolls off the tongue, eh? Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know this organization. Did you know them before this? I did not, but they're on their third season um, of these sort of interviews in HBO. The first one was also a Trump interview. It threw me for a bit of a loop because I started watching that, and it was two years ago, right before the midterms. The mid-terms. But then we got to the right one, and and some gems from that interview. He said, uh, the virus was sent to us by China, and we're never going to forget it. Believe me, we'll <laughs> never forget it. <laughs> Is that almost like an overt threat against another country? Yeah, brutal. He said, "I closed down the greatest economy ever in history," and I'm I just wondering what, what, what <laughs> measuring stick he was using there for ever in history. I, I, I mean, it's it. pretty clear it's ever in history. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> at, at one point, he said, "Those people talking about how how." how the U.S. has dealt with the coronavirus. He says, So fantastically. Those people that really understand it, they say we've done an incredible job. At which point the interviewer says, What people? <laughs> 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 and he, he just said, Hold on, hold on. Let me explain. Let me explain. And then went on a tangent. He's very good at not answering the questions he doesn't want to answer. Yeah. Yeah, or answer, answering them with answers that have nothing to do with the original question. But that's, I guess that's all politicians. Do you have any idea how, like, why he chose to do this interview? He, there must have been some... I don't. I mean, he must have sort of gotten tricked uh, into it in some way. That's no, the only thing likes, I can think of. He just likes being on TV. No, but he could go to Fox. Oh, he, he could go to friendlier yeah, TVs. Do, yeah, he doesn't do any of the liberal news organizations at all. I don't know. They must have... They must have offered him something. He must have got something. I, I don't know what. I mean, he's now been on it at least twice. Yeah, it's interesting. He went on again about about how testing too much is bad, and he said, "Read the books, read the manuals." And again, yeah, that the interviewer, was the, funniest part. the interviewer says, "What books? What manuals?" I mean, there was a manual. <laughs> Biden and Obama left him a manual that he threw out. So, yeah, not that manual. Not that. Yeah, read the other manuals, the ones that he makes in his head. And then the I, uh, I write the manuals and no one reads them. <laughs> As a technical writer, no one reads them. No, I I, I don't. Only if some only if I only after hours of trying, <laughs> if I fail, will I get a manual out. The other thing he was asked, he was asked by uh, Jonathan Swan, how will, how will history remember John Lewis? And Trump said, I don't know, I didn't know him. He didn't come to my inauguration. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I just, uh, I just he's, he's such a baby. Boy. He is a baby. He is a child. He is, he is a, a child. man child, like with yeah. a touch of bully. <laughs> yeah. I it's it's ridiculous the the things he holds on to the petty grievances. I mean, this guy is it's incredible. I mean, a part of me wants to walk around the fun house that must be his mind, and a part of me is far too scared to even imagine it. Yeah. Do you have, do you have yeah. anything else you wanted to add in this this uh, Trudeau Trump segment? Me? Uh, yeah. Sure. You. <laughs> oh no no nope. I no I've had enough. Yeah. Both of them. I'd be happy the day that we see both of their backs. <laughs> I have a I have a I have a question uh, that's. Related, I was going to say related to Trump, it's not really, but it's related to American politics. Mary, we're a bit closer now, and I think I asked you this last time, but I'm not sure. Who do you think is going to be Biden's VP pick? 
oh man that's really hard i i think uh well you know it's all you know like every other american i'm just lately coming to know karen bass i happen to have heard an interview with her a couple weeks before her name started coming up and she was very impressive but i was not familiar with her before that i think the safest choice is susan rice really yeah, no, I'm not saying that's necessarily my choice, but yeah. I think it's the safest. I think, I think Kamala Harris is um, going to be too much of a lightning rod. I'm happy with any of them, uh, honestly. I think they're all extremely talented, and I think I think any of them are fine. I think the safe choice is Susan Rice. See, because I thought that the better choice would be Kamala Harris because she has more of a national profile and might appeal a little bit more to the progressive side that might otherwise stay home. Like, I know she's not, like, a huge progressive, but, you know, has maybe a little bit more of an appeal than Biden. But there's a certain, yes, and maybe it doesn't matter anymore, I'm not sure, but there's a certain, like, um, you know, people like to throw the angry black woman trope at at Kamala Harris. Yeah. Um, Because she's she's a lawyer and she can be quite ferocious when she needs to be. Yeah. But people can be... You know, not only just the fact that she's a woman, she's a black woman, and people can be pretty racist in that regard. So that's the one thing is she tends to be the the, the most fiery of the three yeah. uh, women that are at the top. Uh, that's the only reason. So it's, people have really been going after her behind the scenes, apparently. Oh, well, that's uh, trying to convince Biden not to pick her. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Yeah. I, I just at this point I have I really don't have any idea what he's going to do. I always I was I I think I was hoping for Kamala Harris because well a I know way more about her than Susan Rice or Karen Bass and I said that Biden's best choice would be Kamala Harris very 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 early on in the primaries like I'm thinking it was last February I said. Or maybe it was like April or something like that. I don't know. Very early on in the primaries, before the people were even dropping out, I said Harris would be the best running mate for Biden. And I really want to be right about that. Uh, I would. I would like you to be right. I remember you saying that, and and I would like you to be right about that. Thank I'm you. Just, uh, I'm not sure. I also know she's oh, very tough, and I'd love to see her in a debate with Mike Pence. Oh yeah, she'd slaughter him. Yeah, because he's. I mean, I hate to say it, he kind of slaughtered Tim Kaine. I mean, I even walked away from that debate thinking like Mike Pence won that debate and I didn't agree with the thing he said but Kamala but I mean Mike Pence has is just so dry Kamala Harris would would kill him yep they I think it was Seth Meyers said it it doesn't matter which one he chooses but it's guaranteed Biden will call him by the wrong name at least three times like the other <laughs> person's name <laughs> he will he will. I mean, you know, he used to be such a great debater himself. He did. You last time we were on this this podcast, we talked about how he slaughtered his vice presidential opponent during 2012 when Obama really needed a boost. He can do it. He just has to. Also, I think you know he's suffered so many personal tragedies that people are willing to give him a little bit of leeway yeah. mm-hmm. when he when he's doing his sleepy Joe moments. Yeah. <laughs> or that. Or that uh, sort of country hick joe that he does where he's the no malarkey tour yeah. joe yeah yeah i like you're the a liar jack the shoulders joe but i don't think that's going to make an appearance <laughs> i oh. hope not <laughs> he's it's i think that the vp pick though for him and why i think there's been some like open campaigning for that slot that we haven't seen in the past i think it's very coveted because he's been pushed and i think he said he'll only serve one term and then the presumptive nominee afterwards 
will be whoever he had as vice president and uh and that person would have a very good shot because you know uh the trend in america tends to be eight years republican eight years democrat so with you know some exceptions but hopefully one now but uh i think the the person who is vp would feel very good about running in 2024 and, and becoming president if they can be patient yeah it's so hard to imagine that sitting here now yeah. yeah. Right. Just focus on twenty. Let's just make sure yeah. that he gets in. <laughs> let's, in not get, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Although it's 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 nice to think about that. I mean, I I think about that. That would only be like four or five years from now, and yeah. to have a black woman president would be fantastic. But anyway, yeah, got to get past November first. Absolutely. All right, happy. And uh, well, I have I have two things written down, and I know you probably have one that you're uh, chomping at the bit of it as well, Dill. But but uh, first one, leaves. Yeah. Leaves. <laughs> okay, oh, we'll start ahead, with that. No, we'll start with the leaves. I got to say, I was sitting with a couple friends of mine, and we were pretty depressed for fifty six minutes. And, were you uh, distancing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but that. That that was truly, I, I I think is the greatest comeback I've seen the Leafs do. Uh, it's happened to the Leafs, but that was the greatest comeback I've <laughs> seen them do. Three goal, three goals with the goalie out, making them miss empty nets, blocking shots, uh, uh, just just an incredible incredible performance. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what to make of it. It was so unexpected that I am still in a bit of shock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I and I have to say, as I as I, I had mentioned on on Facebook, I think that I'm really impressed with the NHL and with these games so far, and and with the way they're managing to keep uh, COVID at bay, and uh, to have the Leafs like rise to the challenge is just amazing. So obviously, Leafs have momentum going into tonight. Yeah, fingers crossed for tonight because it it feels like for not it feels like you might as well just lost the other day if you don't put in a good effort tonight. True, and you know I think we all would like to have something to continue to uh, watch and cheer for. Well, you can always just can. cheer against the Canadians. They made it through. Yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> and then the other the other story I read actually, Gene Gene gave this one to me. There's a a fella named uh, Russell Fee from Calgary who was camping in uh, out out west somewhere, and he just got the medal of bravery for. Jumping in uh, to a, his neighbor campsite was being attacked by wolves. People from New Jersey. This happened pre-COVID, but he just got the medal this week. Um, so his neighbors from New Jersey were camping beside him, and he woke up. There was some sort of ruckus, and he looked outside, and this wolf was attacking the tent. But there was people in the tent, and uh, he he went over and and smacked it with some stuff, and and scared the wolf away, and and saved the people in the tent. So good for Russell. Yeah. Very nice. And the wolf survived. He didn't have to I think the wolf took it. off, yeah. Nice. I don't right? know I don't know if the land, the park rangers then hunted it down because it I, I don't know. It's like I know when when a bear eats someone they kill the bear. This didn't eat somebody but it attacked somebody. So I don't know if they they put it down or not. I'm not sure. But the wolf did get yeah. away at, at that point. Yeah, you have to have a pretty good reason to put down a wolf these days. I mean, they're 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 so protected. Always a reminder. Now I can't say for sure they'd been doing this, but don't keep food in your tent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dill, you have? Do I? Well, I don't know. You just finished work. I figured that'd be on there. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm done work, so I'm kind of on vacation. That's nice. 
What was this job, Dill? What was what were you doing for the last little while? I was working as a at Costco, a distribution center, uh, oh. sorting boxes. You just got that job on your own. Didn't need any help from. No, no nepotism. No need. No need nope. for an ethics. Nope. Uh, no need for an ethics inquiry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the job. I've had that job since 2018, uh, and I do it in the summers and sometimes when I get back, uh, like Christmas or reading week or whatever. They actually have a really great student program that allows you to go to school and then work when you're not at school as long as you do, I think it's 200 hours a year, is that right? Something like that, five weeks approximately. Then you get to keep your employment start date, which is a big thing in Costco. Wow, yeah. You keep yeah. seniority. Yeah. And yeah, I'm all settled with where I'm moving in the fall. And, and it's an upgrade? It is an upgrade. And There's no plants growing out of the eaves? Not that I know of. And so you found it, a roommate? Uh, I noticed you were looking for a roommate? Yeah, I got, I got three roommates. We're moving in, and it's going to be, at worst, depending on how much we use in the utilities, but I imagine in a worst month, about the same as I was paying for my current place, um, but it's going to be much nicer, so I don't really mind paying the same for... Two more bodies, though. Yeah, but bigger place. I'm, I don't yeah. think I'm going to notice. No, no, it's fair. Um, Party so, Yeah, I'm excited for. Uh, I'm excited to to move in there. I like. I like a change, and the house is really nice. So I'm looking forward to it. Easy to get to campus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's even closer than my current place. It's walking distance. I have to visit Edmonton one of these days. I've never been there. I know you like it. This I is, do. This is potentially his last year. So potentially. Wow. Well, I mean, it should be your last year, but I don't know if you're gonna go back for a master's or something oh yeah that's true or i could fail (laughs) (laughs) how how do you fail theater i was gonna say has anybody failed that program yeah i don't think so i don't think you can as long as you like show up and actually try and anyone in this program like they're auditioned because they want to try and they want to show up right like it's not like going to a regular lecture class where you're like ah frick i need this for my freaking credit um so i i don't think well, no, people have failed because there was a time where they would kick people out quite quite easily. Like, you know, you get 12 people in and then maybe but five wasn't would that, graduate. Wasn't that, that wasn't just not showing up? It was failing? Like yeah, oh marks? yeah, no, it was you aren't good enough, we're kicking you out. Oh, wow. Who's to, who's to say? Who's to say you're a bad actor? The teachers. I mean, honestly, the it's pretty subjective. <laughs> well, you know what? There are still... There are still many BFA acting programs like that across the world where you, you know, they take in classes of, depending on the program, 12 to 30 and maybe 5 to 10 graduate. And after, at the end of every semester, they do evaluations and they uh, decide whether or not they're going to kick you out. I think it's a terrible model because it breeds a lot of competition and you view everyone else's performance as I need to be better than this and I need to make sure they're doing worse than me versus working together and doing yeah. a good show. Yeah. And that, and it's, it's, it's a, it's bad enough when you're, everything's doing solo, but when you're with a scene partner, it's like, I need to be better than this person in my scene. When good acting happens, when, uh, you're each trying to support each other. Yeah. I think it's a terrible theater model for a school and I'm I'm glad my program doesn't do it anymore and they go out of their way to make sure that everybody can continue to be in the the program and I know that my profs really care and they want everyone to stay. I think that transition, you know, when there was an entire different team, I think the transition into trying to keep people in probably started when the arts started to get less and less money and they're like, okay, we need everybody's tuition. Um, But now I know that they all really want us to stay and care about our development and I, I feel very lucky to be in the program that I'm in and not a different one. So you're happy that you made the move? Yes. 
Mary, any any happy uh, segment additions? Well, not really. <laughs> I, I I did want to say I think I did want to say I agreed with you on the uh, on how the NHL is handling their their restart. Uh, it really seems to be uh, the piped in fan noise aside. I I I just think why. But then but then you yeah. know but you know what rewatching when Jake Muzzin got hurt. Yep. And they when didn't silent, they didn't have the piped silent. in sand noise and it was yes. completely silent. That was kind of yes. eerie. But there it would be hockey eerie, noises. But yeah, absolutely. But there I would mean, be hockey noises when you're playing. He, yeah. I mean, you can hear the hockey noises a lot better than you can when there's real fans yeah. in the stands, I yeah. think. I still don't I just don't see the purpose of piping in the crowd noises, especially like okay, if you want to have the background dull, fine, I guess, but why? But then they try to like cheer at certain points in time and it's that that to me i don't really like but other than that i thought the production's been really well the guys doing the call have done a great job despite not being there watching it on video you know the bubble system seems to be the way to go especially when you look at major league baseball and how uh you know the covid that's happening on so many teams there so well my first thought when i watched that first leafs game was that um yeah, I mean the, the 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 crowd noise. I think is primarily f- to allow the audience to follow the game better. People who aren't great at following the puck on their own, it kind of allows them to know wh- wh- where things are going and what the you know the momentum, what the, where the momentum is. Uh-huh. But it, certainly, I don't think it's necessary. I like hearing the noise from the ring. Hockey is such a vocal game. Yeah, you know, like there's constant uh, talking every Absolutely. second of the game. Yeah. And so I would rather hear. That. I'd rather have. I'd rather hear. Absolutely. What saying. I'd rather have the ice mic'd up and maybe just do it on a two-second delay so you can delete the worst of the curse words. But yeah, but, I think uh, that hockey is um, is really, and maybe basketball will be too. I don't know, but I think I think hockey is really well suited to having nobody in the stands. I think these guys are honestly when you're on a rink you you uh, you know this too james not that we're nhl superstars but you just don't notice anything outside the glass no it's true no no so yeah unless there's only like a couple of people when it's full if there's only a couple people in the stands then you might notice but yeah yeah. when we were playing in Yellowknife, we had uh like there, there there was one of my one of our uh one of my colleagues and friends elaine used to come to the the games and uh you could hear her cheering, but only because she was the only one there. So you, you'd notice that it. She came. They came to a ball hockey game with a couple other people from work, and they they brought a big sign that said uh, for one of my other colleagues' uh, friends, Ronak, and they brought a big sign that said "Way to go, Ronak" or something like that <laughs> up in the stand. So you know, but when it's full, you don't hear it because you lose it all, and you're not paying attention for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I figured out the other night was that. Um, because I couldn't get the game on video uh, the other night, I could only get I could only listen to the radio broadcast. Joe Bowen is still calling the games. Yeah, Joe Bowen is. I don't know why he's not on television. He does a great job. He's him and Jim Ralph are my favorite play-by-play people, but they never do TV. They only no, do the radio. But 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 I was listening. I did listen to part of his broadcast during the uh, during the three goal thing, and and you and. You know his favorite saying is "Holy, Holy Mackinac. Mackinac!" Holy Mackinac! Yeah, he must yeah. have been going crazy. Actually, yeah. I might try to go back and listen to that call because that would have been an exciting three minutes of him with him yeah. and Jim Ralph. What I did figure out is that there's a delay. So you, what I wanted to do was watch the video of the game and the uh, have his play call. Yeah, but they don't sync up. They don't sync up. 
yeah. unfortunately. No, exactly. They used to because we used to do that. But somewhere in the last maybe 10 years, the the radio feed is slightly behind the TV feed. Yep. So, well, uh, I hope everything goes well tonight. I will be watching. Yeah. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. And now the end is near. All right. Parting thoughts. And um, this is, uh, I just saw this story and I want to bring it up because it's uh, something to talk about and it's a bit American. And this is a CNN article, so there's obviously some sort of bias. Um, but what I have here is, White House aides reached out to South Dakota Governor Christy Noem last year about the process of adding additional presidents to Mount Rushmore, the New York Times reported. According to a person familiar who spoke with the Times, Noam then greeted Trump when he arrived in the state for his 4th of July celebrations at the monument with a four-foot replica of Mount Mushmore that included his face. Noam has noted before Trump's dream to have his face on Mount Rushmore, the Coolidge era sculpture that features the 60-foot-tall faces of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Theodore Roosevelt. According to a 2018 interview with Noam, the two struck up a conversation about the sculpture in the Oval Office during their first meeting, where she initially thought he was joking. I started laughing, she said. He wasn't laughing, so he was totally serious. He said, Christy, come over here, shake my hand. And so I shook his hand, and I said, Mr. President, you should come to South Dakota sometime. We have Mount Rushmore. And he goes, do you know it's my dream to have my face on Mount Rushmore? Um, apparently Trump also toyed the idea in 2017. He's a big fan of Mount Rushmore. I mean, I don't think this will go anywhere. This is obviously a short article, uh, CNN. So who knows? But yikes. Is there, is there a process? I, well, I mean, first of all, he seems to think that, that Mount Rushmore is like, like the decision would be made by the governor of South Dakota, but that's not, it's not a yeah, state really. monument. Yeah. yeah. First, you know, I think Mount Rushmore, first of all, I have not seen it in person. But I find it creepy as shit. I, I don't know about <laughs> you. But I, I find that to be one of the creepiest monuments I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, more power to him if he wants to go up there. That would just make it more of a circus, you know. <laughs> uh, I, think it's, I think it's a horrible insulting, I mean, you know, just the fact that they carved that on tribal land in the first place. Uh, it's just, on, it's on, gross. On sacred rock, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. I, uh... I will admit it's an impressive feat of human engineering that they managed to carve that into rock, and especially the time that they did, but the implications and how they did it and, and the the gross colonization aspect, you know, I can see why it appeals to Trump. Yeah. Uh, and, Not surprising. Yeah, no. I just, I don't know if they could get the rock to sag in the neck place properly. <laughs> And what uh, about the hair? Yeah, like, that right. Would be amazing. <laughs> well, you just plant some dead grass on top right there, and then you get the nice wisp on top of the mountain. <laughs> or it could be like a thing, like a platform that people walk out onto. <laughs> <laughs> An observation. They could uh, make observation it, hairpiece. Yeah, make it more accurate. They could hollow out his head, and you could explore the inside of the mountain. <laughs> well, I hope it's true. I hope it all comes true. <laughs> uh, Mary, any parting thoughts just go leaves yeah oh uh i had i I saw on some i can't remember where i saw it but uh apparently uh craft dinner is making a big push now to become uh a breakfast food no it's uh mac and cheese breakfast boxes are going out i saw that i saw that headline and i thought how could nobody have thought of that before it has never once occurred to me to eat craft dinner for breakfast but why not 
Well, it just um, seems wrong for dignity, breakfast. Human dignity, <laughs> I think, well, is why. <laughs> it's cheese. It's carbs. I mean, I, I don't know. I just as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh my God, why haven't I done this before? My question is. I mean, I think I've probably had it for lunch as a first meal, <laughs> but I don't think I've had it in the morning. I don't know. I don't think I could face no. making craft dinner at eight a.m. No. Hmm. Um, are they like just advertising? craft dinner for breakfast or are they making a special type of craft dinner for breakfast no i think they took their regular box and took off dinner and put mac and cheese breakfast i agree and there's no there's no difference between um craft dinner and mac and cheese breakfast except you have it with uh, on the side as for waffles just the time and of day yeah <laughs> what if you did an egg on top no oh. what? yeah well let's just have you ever had pizza with an egg on top? No. no. Oh, it's so good. How about a burger with an egg on top? Yes. I, I have. Okay. You see where I'm going. Egg on top. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm glad you're a fan, Mary. I'm glad that... There's a market. There is a market there. They were right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... All right, you guys. Thanks for good joining us, Mary. You. Yeah. Yeah, good talking to you. Great to have you. I'm... I'm I'm hoping there'll be a lot more happy news uh, next time. A lot less Trump, a lot more happy. Yeah, hopefully. We can yep. cross our fingers. I'm sure that's coming. I'm well, sure that point in time is coming. We should do an election day coverage uh, segment. We can have you back on, Mary. Oh my goodness, can you imagine? Okay, I'll be I'll be waiting. Awesome. All right. All right, thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Yeah, talk bye. You and thanks for listening to Dad's Right, episode 17, and we'll talk to you next week.